You're listening to Do You Hear That? A podcast about birds, hosted by Noah Kalina and Paul Amara. We're bird enthusiasts, not bird experts. This morning, I made coffee. And lately, for some reason, my kettle hasn't been working quite right. It's been setting it to like the hottest temperature it'll go. So it's like 212 degrees. And I think that's way too hot to make coffee with. And it sometimes just explodes whoa, 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 everywhere. Whoa. Like, pa, hold up a minute. Do you hear that? It sounds familiar. It does kind of sound familiar. It's not a robin. No, it is not. Although a lot of people do confuse that sound with a robin. Mm-hmm. That, 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 yep, that right there, Paul, that is a scarlet tanager. A scarlet tanager. In my head, I was saying tanger. Oh, really? In my head, I say tanager. That sounds like that's the right way to say it. Well, I put another N in there. Oh, tanager. 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 But I'll say tanager. But everyone wants to know what the scientific name of this bird is. It is a Paranga oliviacea. Google. Paranga oliviacea. You kind of got it. Yeah. So, Paul, this is a great bird. Uh, wait, wait, wait. We, we can't just move past the name. Do you know what the name means? Well, I'll tell you that a tanager is a bird family. So there are a whole lot of tanagers that exist. Hmm. Wikipedia says around 240. Whoa. And they're actually mostly a sort of tropical bird. About 60% of tanagers live in South America. Wow. And mostly in the Andes. Wow. That's cool. So, yeah, I mean, when we get to see a scarlet tanager in the Northeast, Mm -hmm. what a treat. What an absolute treat. Seeing this bird is like, whoa. But first you hear it, and we're hearing it now, and that's how you know that there is one around. And it really does have a Robin-esque sound. Yeah, well, except, Polly, there's that moment where it does the chick-burr. Do you hear that? Yeah, yeah. So that isn't totally Robin-esque, but when you do hear that, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm hearing something a little different. So why I was mentioning the name is because I actually recognize the second part of that, the Olivacea, Olivacea. Oh, what else was that? That in Latin translates to something similar to the olive colored one. And you might be wondering why is it called the olive colored one if this bird is so strikingly red and black? Well, the female scarlet tanager is olive colored. There we go. And it's been a big theme previously that all of the names of birds only reference the male bird. Right. So I'm kind of like interested to see the scientific name referencing the female because that's not something we've seen. Now, one thing I did realize by discovering this was we don't typically translate the Latin scientific names into English, because that's just like the name of the bird that that we're calling it. But I I hadn't really thought that these Latin words would translate into something that might give us more clues about this bird. Right. 
Well, while we're talking about how this bird looks, why don't we describe this bird? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's do it. I've been thinking about it. We've been doing the show for a month now, and I think I need to get more concise with how to describe these. First, we need to talk about the size of this bird. Which, by the way, hold on. Yeah. Congratulations on one month of shows. Right? We've done one month. Everyone out there who's stuck it out with us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the tens of thousands of new listeners. Yeah. We're only getting started here. We're 20 episodes in. We have like, I don't know, 15,000 more birds to go. Yeah. So. On the ground floor here. And they only get better. Every episode only gets better. At least that's what the fans are saying. That's right. So this bird is a small bird, but it's not the smallest bird. It's between a sparrow and a robin size. So it's not the smallest bird that we've talked about. It's slightly smaller than a northern cardinal. Mm. And it's larger than a yellow warbler. The male scarlet tanager. Mm-hmm. Tanager. Tanager. Yeah. See? When I first saw this bird, the silhouette of it, it's almost identical to the silhouette of the indigo bunting. Ooh, yeah. It really looks similar. Definitely. Then in other pictures, I think maybe where it's colder or something, its feathers poof out a little bit more and it looks more like a, a warbler, just its poofiness. So it's interesting the, to see the differences. Totally. But it's a very sort of slender bird. There's no significant crest. It has a relatively short, chunky beak, That's right. but it's not as chunky as the robin's beak. It's a little bit longer. And it has incredible colors on both the male and the female. And, you know, we discussed previously that the females tend to have a more understated look. Mm -hmm. And that is no different here. But the female is this gorgeous olive color. And it really is olive. Like picture a green olive. That's the color on this bird. It's, It's a little green, a little yellow. Yeah. It's all olive. And that's on basically the entire bird. Its wings are sort of darker gray, maybe a brown and they have sort of hints of olive in there but the wings are distinctively contrasting against the rest of the bird's body its beak is yellow on the female it's kind of a nice sort of almost like an amber color yes like dark yellow and the male saving this for last because the male is one of the most striking colors of red i have ever seen on a bird dare i say i like this shade of red more than the cardinal hmm it's a little brighter. It's scarlet. It's like a crimson, scarlety red. Mm. And it's covering the whole bird. It just has the same sort of pattern as the female. Just instead of it being olive, it's red. Definitely. Yeah. And the male's wings are a striking black. Now, we recently did an episode on the red-winged blackbird. Yes. This bird, you could say, is a black-winged redbird. Yes. It's the inverse. It's the inverse. Yeah. It has a red body and then black wings. And I just think that's kind of funny. Totally. I think you nailed it. It's pretty striking and everyone should Google what this bird looks like. This bird is, I think, somewhat hard to spot. It tends to stay up really high in the trees. So you might hear it, but it's very hard to see. And because it is small, I know it's not saying it's the smallest kind of bird. Yeah. It is tiny. And the times I photographed it, I've thought like that's a small bird. It just stays up high in that canopy and makes it very hard to spot, even with a long lens, especially in the summer. Fortunately and randomly earlier this year in May, I was down by the river and I saw a bird just land in the trees and I went to photograph it, and sure enough, it was one of these scarlet tanagers. 
And uh, it was just amazing to see it. And because of sort of the where I was standing in the angle, it wasn't high. It was almost like eye level. So I was able to get a really nice photograph of it. Well, what I did want to mention is I've never knowingly seen the female version of this bird. And I wonder if it's almost because it looks so similar to the American goldfinch that maybe I've seen it and I just think that's what it is from far away. Interesting. So I don't think about trying to get a photograph of it. Yeah. That said, they have different behaviors. I don't think the tanager would ever visit the bird feeder. Mm. I've never seen it on mine. Um, and that's generally where those goldfinch tend to hang out. Interesting. But yeah, I mean, that's just my experience with this bird. I'd love to get that olive because sometimes we've mentioned it before. The female kind of is, a li- even though the male can be such a killer bird, the female in its subtlety mm-hmm. is almost better. Yeah. Sometimes better. Yeah. And I really like the pairing of the red and the green here. It's a, such a nice contrast. Yeah. And as we know in color theory, those are complementary colors. Right. Which, by the way, do you know why that is? No. I mean, I don't, th- probably not. It actually makes sense if you think about it. I'll explain it really quickly to keep it brief so we can get back to birds. But think about on a color wheel, there's three main colors or primary colors, red, blue, yellow. And if you take two of those colors across from, let's say, red, so you're taking yellow and blue and you mix those together, you get green. And that's what makes them complementary colors. So if we do that again with blue on one side and then we take red and yellow, you get orange. And now blue and orange are complementary colors. So that's what that means. And that is something I should know as an artist who is actually known for a lot of my color work. Yeah. But I refuse to Mm -hmm. commit any of that to memory as I believe in having just an innate and inherent feeling of how colors work and not wishing science to get in the way with how I think about these things. I totally respect that. In fact, I wish I hadn't told you that because I may have just totally corrupted the Noah Kalina color style. Well, believe it or not, Paul, because we've been having internet problems while you were explaining You didn't hear any of that. I did not hear a (laughs) single word you said. Oh, Perfect. I saw you. I saw you pantomiming. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I I think I know what what he's saying there. Okay, good. Well, just don't listen to this episode then and trust that it's another good one. I never listen to these episodes. But (laughs) uh, the complementary colors, I mean, it's not something you need to live by. I think it's just an interesting color science fact. Definitely. I don't always think that the colors look great next to each other, complementary colors. But in this case here, this olive color and this intense red, it's just, they're a really nice pairing. And and I love the variations in the male and female birds. And I think the more different they can be, the more I really enjoy that couple. It seems like every bird we've done in the past, if there is a variation, the female is a shade of brown and the male is some vibrant color, like the indigo bunting, the female was brown and the male is this brilliant blue color. I want to uh, hook up with one of these cool facts. And we've talked about this a lot, about the parasitic nature of the brown-headed cowbird and how it tends to lay its eggs in other species' nests. And apparently the scarlet tanager falls prey to this pretty aggressively. 
and loses a lot of its birds wow. to the brown-headed cowbird. I was actually thinking that maybe as a result that this species could be threatened because it is somewhat rare for me to see these birds. They're, they're definitely around. They're not considered rare, but maybe we would see more if it weren't for those cowbirds. I don't know. It's upsetting. It is. The cowbirds. Like, the biggest thing that bothers me about the cowbird instances is the fact that they're birds. And in this bird world, every bird should be a friend of another bird. Right. You are opposed to bird-on-bird violence. Yeah, I'm not into that. It's like when it's a chipmunk or right. something with legs. Different species. Yeah, but birds, come on. It is upsetting. It's same with humans. It's like we shouldn't attack each other. We're all the same. Exactly. We just I, might look different. I was thinking the exact same thing. You know what I don't like about the cowbird? That it's called a cowbird. Yeah, what's up with that? Of all the birds. What if it was called like the gorgeous blue-headed queenlet? Yeah. Then you'd be like, well, you know, okay, well, at least that one, we're getting more gold-headed queenlets. But no, we get this cowbird. Yeah, and it just looks like a crow, which is <laughs> yeah. fine. Crows are cool, right. but come on. I will say, I think that birds should go through a renaming process, all birds. We should just have somebody in the government dedicated to coming up with different names for birds that suit both the male and female more appropriately. Yeah, well, you know something? I don't think the government's going to do that, and I think scientists would get really upset if that's what happened. But maybe we should start renaming birds because the bird can always have scientific names. Well, yeah, that's what I mean is that the English names, those are all sort of arbitrary because there's always the scientific name Right. that in this case actually makes more sense than... right. Well, it does, but it doesn't. I mean, it, but it favors the female. It favors the female, yeah, which we should just favor females in general. Right. So you would call this the olive-bodied, brown-winged percher. Or the olive tanager. <laughs> One last cool fact, because I love this fact. Oldest scarlet tanager on record was a male at least 11 years, 11 months old. Banded in Pennsylvania in 1990, found in Texas in 2001. Wow. Now, once again... That's a 22-year-old fact, so maybe we should get some updates on the age of birds here. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That is a long life, though. Yeah, that's good. It's it's like the mid-range that we found. It's it's good, healthy, yeah. healthy age. Healthy age, good age. Um, wait, okay, one more fact. Okay. This was interesting to me. Yeah. This bird eats a lot of things, a lot of different bugs and berries and things like that. Right. But one insect that it eats is insects like hornets and bees and wasps that have stingers. And what this bird will do when it has a insect with a stinger, it'll take it in its mouth and sort of run it against a piece of bark to grind down the stinger so it doesn't bother it or poke it when it's eating it. Whoa. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's sort of like it knows, like, I'm going to hurt myself if I eat this. Yeah, that's amazing. And how we were ever able to right? observe that happening. I think about that all the time with these bird facts. Like, all it takes is one person seeing it and be like, that's what that bird does all the time. You would think they would need to run a study on it, see that happen over, you know, different times, yeah. right? You can't just see it one time. Maybe. Or can you? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we need jobs to observe bird behavior and then we can just update the facts because we saw it one time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, yeah. 
It's kind of what we're doing. But we're just, I'm not actually observing them. You're the one observing all these birds. That's right. We're trying to get you to move out here, though. Yeah. And camp in a van on my property. That'd be so cool. Full-time caretaker. Yeah, I'm the caretaker. <laughs> all right, we have to rate this bird. Yeah. It's a five. Five-chirp bird. Yeah. Easy. No discussion needed. In fact, I, I wish I could give it more chirps because I'm just so into the olive and scarlet color. But uh, Yeah, I think five is perfect. Yeah, and the sound of the bird is also great. There's no problem with that. We didn't talk about the nests, but there's nothing really exciting about the nests. They're flimsy. The female makes them. Classic bird stuff. Yeah, but it's okay because I can only barely hear what you're saying half the time. Bummer. So I'll see you tomorrow, Paul. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Is hosted by Noah Kalina and Paul O'Mara. Edited and engineered by Paul. Music also by Paul. Noah last spotted a scarlet tanager on May 6th, 2022. Follow us on Twitter at The Best Bird Pod and support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash do you hear that. Episode art images sourced from the Library of Congress. Ambient bird sounds by Noah Kalina and additional bird sounds from macaulaylibrary.org. 